welcome back to the Web3 Native Podcast and part of the Year of the Dao mini-series. I'm your host, Shikai, and today we have a great guest with us, Tarun Gupta, the founder and CEO of CoinShift. Hello, Tarun. Hey, Shikai. How are you? Great, great. Yeah, it's so good to see you again. Uh, so, Tarun uh, and I, we, we catch up fairly regularly on Telegram and also on like a monthly basis, we have a calls. So... Uh, we were talking a lot about DAO infrastructure and including like some of the business models of DAO infrastructure. And today we love to bring that conversation to the podcast. And of course, we've in a lot about what CoinShift is doing, right? Because uh, CoinShift is one of the top treasury management solutions for DAOs that's built on Gnosis Safe and is being used by some of the largest DAOs in the space. So we'd love to tap into some of your insight and experience on that. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Awesome. So uh, let's go right into it. So I thought it would be great to first uh, start with a broad picture of the state of DAO infrastructure, because right? we've we've actually talked to quite a few people around the various angles, right? About like from the DAO perspective, from like a contributor perspective, and now we want to talk about the infrastructure perspective. So there, there's a whole stack that we can talk about, right? From like the Gnosis Safe that we're very familiar with to things like governance or snapshot, which was a, a guest as well. And then so many applications that are built on top, be it like treasury management, reputation, yeah, bounties and so on. So uh, how would you describe like the landscape or the stack, right? How do you conceptualize it? 100%. So, so how I think about the, you know, DAO tooling kind of on DAO infrastructure landscape is like into there are like multiple layers to it right and how i would like to divide it like into multiple layers so that in each layer we'll have certain tools and and then how those tools can or cannot be composable with each other and what are the different pros and cons of that layer right so maybe you would like to like start with the layer zero so layer zero i just feel like now we have certain tools like gnosis safe which is like a multi-sex standard and if you are a DAO or if you are a Web3 company, still it's like a multi-sig standard, right? You can just use that to create like a shared account with, with multiple members and you can just, you know, do do like, you know, multi-sig uh, simple kind of transactions through it. But there are other tools in that sort of layer zero where you can just create your DAO. So if you are, would love to like create your, you know, protocol DAO, you have Compound Bravo Governor Framework, which is being used by all of the major DeFi protocols, right? So I just see these all these uh, systems, uh, you know, tied in the layer zero part where, where you just have like the base level primitive, how to create a DAO, right? And then uh, you can just have, you know, more frameworks like this, where uh, where you have like, you know, Aragon is there. You can consider that into, into the layer zero. So what is interesting about this layer zero is uh, some, some of the tooling and infrastructure are just correctly saying like, you know, we are exactly creating it for DAOs, right? So Aragon is like a system which is specifically for DAOs. But what is challenging for these uh, layer zero system is like how composable, how use case agnostic they could be so that there could be like multiple level of tooling can be created on top of it. Because if this base level is not composable enough, people will need to create their own systems, right? And that's why if you just see I just feel like, you know, Gnosis Safe is winning in this category because they are very, very composable on the base layer. They don't consider themselves as a DAO tooling, but still it is like the major infrastructure being used by every other DAO. So if you just see like, let's say your larger DAO is sitting on compound governor framework, right? Which is again in the layer zero, but still their subcommittees are sitting on Gnosis Safe because Gnosis Safe is the only solution in this market which says like, you know, you can start up with the small kind of shared account and you can just exit to the community, right? So I just feel like this layer zero primitive level tooling is uh, definitely there. And there are not so many tools in this layer zero right now, but but the, the take here is like, this should be composable enough. Uh, this should be like modular enough so that people can build more use case kind of thing. The other thing is like, uh, I would like to add here is, layer zero could be, you know, use case agnostic as well. So maybe you want to create a DAO on this layer zero framework, but it is not only like investment DAO, right? It is not only like protocol DAO. So you can think through that primitive level as well. So this is like the layer zero kind of play. And then uh, there are some of the names I would say. 
then how i see is like you know based on these primitives there are more tooling coming up in multiple verticals which is like a layer one kind of system mm. and and there are a lot of you know tooling is coming there so there are payroll like tools there are treasury management tools like ours like coinshift is there right then there is hr kind of tool is there which is like orca protocol which is underlying again built on top of layer 0 which is nosis say right and and uh, there are more more and more tooling if you just see are are coming up uh, based on this layer 0 and and the challenge for layer 1 kind of tooling is like what will what is exactly happening in the layer 1 is because now you have the base level smart contracts which is by default is like i would say decentralized and owned by a dao now these layer 1 uh, tools are are a combination of sort of you know off chain and on chain components because they are use case specific and why they are you know uh, use case specific because it makes lot of sense now you have like a base level primitive now you want to create like a payroll solution the payroll solution has to be uh, like a specified use case right there are specific specific data associated with that and you need to take care of that and the data could be sensitive you can't just share it like on ipfs and uh, share the salaries of your you know main core contributors you cannot do that so uh, i'll not name like one of the largest dao we were working with i like they were like you know really got angry like you can't just you know uh, make things public if you are a dao it, it 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 doesn't mean like you want to share that you may mm-hmm. want to share the data with specific people so that's why this layer 1 tooling i just feel it will be very very competitive first of all because they are they are sitting in like your you know in their silos and maintaining and building certain stuff and there is lack of standard in layer 1 if you just mm-hmm. see because if you just uh, compare all the tools today in layer 1 uh, of, of this system they they have like certain patterns so coinshift has like contacts right parcel also has like contacts europea also has like contacts right all the all the certain patterns are definitely there but there is no standard and it it will be very very difficult for the user in the future like how will they gonna you know choose one tool over other right it is very difficult for the user so on the base level user is clear like we are using nosis safe our treasury is there but on the layer one it becomes very competitive so mm. i my thesis is like you know can we build like a good standard on the layer one so that tomorrow the data portability should be very easy there could be clear value propositions among the layer one tooling and user should be able to plug in between systems very seamlessly so there could be on chain primitives there could be off chain primitives but it should have interoperability otherwise like this layer will struggle the most i would say and then uh, right now as like uh, so if layer one is clear i think then i i just feel like there will be certain tools which will build like the entire use case specific infrastructures so if somebody really wants to build like a gusto for you know uh, for for daos they'll build like the entire payroll infrastructure and when i say payroll the compliance is there the the entire health benefits is there right mm. the entire specific use case infrastructure is there and they somebody will really want to build on top of that infrastructure as well and that i consider as a layer 2 kind of you know system in the dao tooling and and that is yet to come nobody has like proven like the real layer 1 i would say like the real kind of system so what we realized pretty early on as like uh you know where we want to set right as mm. a as a as coinshift and uh, i think what we realized is like definitely layer 1 is important but uh, there is a lack of clear sophistication in layer 0 between layer 0 and layer 1 infrastructure and we want to set in between and i'll i'll go deep into that as well like what exactly we're trying to do here in between like multiple layers but but that that is my understanding so it should be very very important uh, for someone to understand the dao stack as like if you are going towards the prim- primitives route you just need to think through it like you know how composable it is if you are going towards the uh, silos kind of use case kind of route you need to think through the standards you need to think through the interoperability because end of the day it will become like a web2 kind of application then right mm-hmm. and and for users it will become very very hard uh, so so yeah this is like a short kind of uh stack yeah 
All right. All right. That's, that's a great overview. The concept of between like layer zero, layer one. I think not to be confused with how people usually refer to yeah. uh, layer zero, layer one in, in blockchains, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's more like a, a different concept uh, yes. of like having blocks. Here we're talking about uh, the infrastructure uh, for DAOs specifically. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think you already started to mention how CoinShift is positioned in this layer zero to layer one relationship, right? Uh, would you like to expand a bit on that? Like, what does it mean to sit between? So what's then your relationship with uh, Gnosis Safe that you're, you're built on top? And what's your relationship with the other uh, layer one players as well? 100%. So, so when we were building this layer one system, which is, uh, you know, this treasury management piece on top of Gnosis Safe, we were uh, just thinking like, you know, what exactly we are doing here, right? So a lot of these tooling, uh, this kind of tools, right? Just rely on Gnosis off-chain infrastructure and on-chain infrastructure. So what, what does it mean? So the on-chain infrastructure means they're smart contracts where it says like it's a, it's a multi-sig contract and you can just able to execute a transaction in a multi-sig way, right? But to gather those signatures from multiple parties, there is an entire process of consensus mm -hmm. and you need to build like a really good system which proves like this is a consensus system. So let's go a little deep into that. Like, you know, uh, uh, so let's say uh, today you want to do like a transaction in a multisig fashion and uh, which is like a three out of three multisig, right? So how Gnosis has built the infrastructure there is you can come to the Gnosis UI. You can create like five transactions because there could be a chance where the other two signers are not available at the same time, right? So you need to enable asynchronous transaction creation. Right. So you can just create one, two, three, four, five transactions. And whenever those other signers are available, they can come and just approve it. Right. So this tra asynchronous transaction creation is entirely off chain. First of all, the second part is where their system really shines is how will you really achieve like a good consensus? Right. So now let's say you approve the first transaction, then you approve the second transaction. But the third transaction is like, you know, it's like it is not achieving the consensus. So maybe it's a three out of three multi-sec. And now one signer is rejected it, two signer is approved it. Now, what will you do in that situation from the software perspective? You can't just say this transaction should be rejected or this transaction should be approved. So from the software tooling perspective, what they did is they allow you to change your decision. So maybe there is some problem with your understanding of that, you know, decision and you can just change it. And in the worst case scenario, if the consensus is not achieved, you can just reject the transaction and you can just reject the transaction on chain. So rejection is allowed on chain. Basically, uh, you people are not aware about like, you know, why you're paying like a gas fees for rejecting the transaction because there, there is a certain number of stacks of transactions are existing and you can't just, you know, just change the transaction signatures in that particular order because the other, other transactions will get affected because of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then blockchains work like this. You need to send transactions in a certain order. So this entire off chain infrastructure is built by Gnosis basically. This mm -hmm. is the, this is the extra angle to the on chain sort of primitives, right? And now all the layer one tooling majorly uses these APIs directly provided by Gnosis. And, and uh, there are a lot of issues to that. Definitely like, you know, th th there are no, uh, not kind of any, you know, uh, like resiliency to those APIs, if I would say it correctly. They're, they're more of a, you know, it's an open Gnosis has built like a great system, which is open source. And you maybe you want to run your own infrastructure on top of it. So this will give like a lot of problems when, you know, one system goes down, these all layer one tooling just go down. And that is not the ideal way of building like a web three application, right? Hmm. So what we decided pretty early on is like, what kind of tooling we really want to build. If you are saying like, we are a really resilient solution on build on top of these really beautiful, I would say smart contracts, which is Gnosis safe. We need to build that entire off-chain infrastructure ourselves. And once you build that entire off-chain infrastructure, you have like a lot of control on the consensus system. So for example, I'll give you a very basic example. So in the similar example, let's say you have five transactions and the third transaction is having the problem of consensus, right? So if your consensus system is under your control, you may allow signers to say like, just edit the data of the transaction. 
and preserve that nuts why you are paying 100 dollars to reject that ranch you can control that experience maybe you want to just if it is like the end of the stack you can give the option of deleting the transaction because it is entirely off chain you don't need to reject rejection should be in the worst case so once we understood you know all these concepts we were very clear like you know if we really want to believe into that thesis where the layer 2 applications of dao tooling will build on this layer 1 the underlying layer should be very sophisticated and enterprise ready so that's why we decided to revamp like the entire uh, infrastructure and today we see ourselves in more of a 0.5 layer so that the base contracts are still nosis safe and and uh, we definitely you know always rely on them because they are the most proven and gold standard but the infrastructure should exist right and it is better for the communities to have like a real alternative when one system go down the transaction should not go down so that is the vision we have and and we can even talk more about like you know uh, what are the other pieces we are trying to cover with the with the upcoming release but i think this is like the base level stacking kind of structure where we lie ourselves so from 0.5 layer to you know uh, the, the one first layer yeah right right so the funds and the ultimate transactions still happen uh, on nosis safe on on chain exactly. about exactly. the process of signing it and the uh, the transactions that are supposed to be signed like the consensus part the the signing part can exactly. be off chain and uh, just needs to be standardized uh, and Quantif is planning to run an alternative to the Gnosis uh, API that currently everybody exactly. uses, right? I see, I see. Yeah. So would would this be? Um, I presume that because, like you said, it's kind of zero point five, right? So it's not only Quantif that will be using the solution, right? This is some, this is kind of like a standard that you're trying to also share with yes. the other. Uh, layer one tools as well. So, could you share more about uh, who are the other players who are building the in the layer one, so to speak, right? Who are the who are the ones with some major traction or like a differentiated positioning, uh, and how you can work with them? Yeah, we are like definitely this infrastructure. We are not openly out right now, but once we release this, I think we would love to work with all the layer one systems. uh like some of them definitely you know competing with our v1 today but we would love to work with them definitely and there are a lot of players in different niches so i think like multis is there and uh they are trying to you know um, build like a crypto kind of banking experience where you can just connect your bank account as well and you can just create like a mastercard on top of your nosis treasury that is very interesting right and uh, then then parcel is there so parcel is majorly focusing on the dao tooling in terms of the contributors kind of economy where uh, you know contributor economy itself is a very big game in itself right maybe one dao could be like larger than any country it could be the case and there will be lot more contributors right and and that is a very interesting compensation kind of gameplay there and an underlying layer is still nosis safe i would say and uh, and then utopia labs is there so they are, they are focused on specifically on payroll side of things where uh, you can they are they are going to offer like w9s and all that and then they are also kind of you know similar kind of mass payout kind of tool uh, like our uh, v1 but they are highly focused on payroll and they want to extend that entire infrastructure into that so this is uh, this is more on the uh, payroll compensation side then we have i think uh, orca protocol which is more of a structural kind of thing like how will you create structures how will you really scale your dao so we realized like okay like sub, creating sub committees is the only way to create but the underlying layer is still nosis safe so orca is trying to create like a protocol on top of nosis safe which will have like a structures and pods right so that is really really good uh, so these are like some of the names uh, i think like syndicate uh, is also looking uh, to create like a, you know investment clubs on top of nosis because which makes lot of sense right and and yeah so there will be n number of verticals you can see can be built on top of this uh, layer zero right mm. so yeah yeah so between so many players already of course the space is going to be huge and still growing uh, there's plenty of opportunity for everyone uh, but right now how do you see the these players being differentiated you did mention that uh, some of them are somewhat competing with uh, coinship version 1 as well right is it perhaps the kind of players that you are servicing so what kind of like dows are actually using uh, coinship versus these other solutions Right, right, right. So one thing is very, uh, I think, how we trying to differentiate ourselves. We're a true kind of alternative to Nosis, 
UI, if you just see. So I, I would just say like, you know, if you manage your core treasury functions, you want to swap the honor, you want to create new honors, you want to create like a new safe, right? It's like a core treasury functions, right? You, maybe you want to uh, replace your multi-sec committee members. So all those operations are highly managed. So you don't need to use any other tool if you use CoinShep today. So there, there is no back and forth between your main treasury and then Gnosis safe UI, unless there is some protocol upgrade you want to do, which we don't support. So that is there, right? And with V2, we'll make it so extensible so that uh, it'll become your main treasury home. So the, the other solutions, maybe we can talk about like, you know, the payroll one where uh, they have uh, specifically requirements specifically to payroll kind of things like request payment, request payment links, right? But as a user, you need to use both the softwares like Gnosis UI plus that X software. But with CoinShare, it is not the case. You can just completely use it. And with V2, as I mentioning, like, you know, uh, it'll be like a complete alternative. So that's how, you know, uh, we, we are trying to do. And it's great as well, because if everyone is like just building the entire same thing, that doesn't make sense for the user as well. Mm. So how I see this as going is users don't have any good options other than Gnosis UI right now, which I think we want to really provide that experience. Plus you'll be able to use parcel tomorrow. You'll be able to use Utopia tomorrow and you, you'll be able to tag those transactions as well. And maybe if we can build like a good standard with these folks, I think uh, it'll be good to have like a plugin kind of system where you can just see, you know, other apps are integrating each other's communications very seamlessly. Right. So it should be very, very seamless for the users, but right now it's not the case. And uh, the DAOs, which are using us are specifically like, you know, really large grant programs. And in crypto, you know, like the grants is like, you know, running like a really, really big committee in itself, right? Mm. Grant programs are there and there are certain DAOs which have like a lot of committees in itself, right? Would and you be comfortable they, sharing some of these names or? Uh, I would avoid, but yeah, I think Uniswap is there with a lot of their committees. Uh, their main treasury is definitely sitting on compound governor framework, but uh, they create like underlying committees like analytics committee or, you know, UGP sub subcommittee. And then they have like grants program committee. Then they have like one, two more committee. So they're trying to manage like the entire committees into us. Then we have like, you know, per protocol, they have like a lot of, a uh, lot of committees and other, they, they're literally, you know, waiting for the V2 because they have like so many committees to manage. Mm -hmm. And I'll just tell you the pain points of scaling a DAO is, not only on the, the, the base infrastructure is so messed up, you cannot really scale your DAO. So we, we can talk about it as well. And then there is balancer grants is there. Uh, then we have, you know, prime DAO is there, or which have like, you know, a lot of other committees like prime rating and all that. And there are definitely some very large companies like consensus is there. So the needs of those uh, you know, Web3 companies as well as quite similar because they have like multiple rules and permissions in between different committee members, right? They also want to manage like multiple safe accounts uh, into CoinShep. So the definitely needs are there, but uh, yeah, see, these are the some of the names. I see, I see. So it's actually somewhat uh, differentiated in terms of like the primary need or problem of like that the DAO or organization is facing, right? So from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like uh, CoinShift helps more with like the community for committee uh, consensus signing kind of mechanism, where some of these other players, if they are more focused on say uh, an overall like contributor, which is more freelance, like a larger exactly. contributor pool, then they might want to use a different solution. Or if it's more for like a uh, just payroll for like exactly. uh, one uh, group, then like they can they can run that fairly easily. Exactly. Exactly. I see. I see. Yeah, you said something quite interesting just now about like the infrastructure being so messed up that it's hard for DAOs to scale. Uh, would you like to expand on that? Definitely. I think just, I'll give you like a very simple example, right? Right now, uh, we're just relying on these multi-sec committees to take decision. Every single decision is being passed mm -hmm. through the multi-sec committee and the solutions you are seeing in the market as like, definitely people are coming with the delegation kind of module where you can just, you know, maybe elect like an admin like this person may be the head of finance or the strategy lead for that committee. We're going to run your operations, right? And, and the way it is working is like an off-chain kind of role you can spawn. And then that person can maybe, you know, propose a transaction to the multi-sec committee. And maybe it's like a reoccurring flow. Maybe it's like a, any kind of workflow in short. And that 
and that day they, that the signers will come and they can just uh, you know do it uh, that particular operation this is like a good solution and we are also working on the similar approach but i think we can think more trustless ways where we can just scale operations autonomously so for example how i think is like let's say there is a multi sig committee and now basically why we want to uh, you know asking them for the transactions there could be certain kind of mixtures or smart contracts can be built which can be trustlessly doing lot of things so i'll give you an example so let's say uh, uh, you know certain committee want to hire like a delegate it could be coin shift unless we are not doing any malicious activity and how we can predict that we are just allowed to execute only certain operations on a certain time window with the specific call data right we are not allowed to do anything else so now what will happen is let's say tomorrow uh, you know certain dao will say like you know this workflow needs to get executed on a certain date and this is the call data you are signing from the multi sig committee so now you are involving the signers only for the alliance kind of part right and when you want to remove that delegate but other than that the entire operations is being managed automatically you don't literally need to invite the signers and because it's trustless right you can just create smart contract like that so we want to build certain kind of modules in a very you know uh, specific manner so that it will just automate the entire industry uh, mm. so this is one example and definitely there could be more workflows we can just automate in a trustless manner so in short delegation plus scope plus alliance you can just combine this with the multi sent call data and you can do a lot of wonders into this particular module can do a lot of wonders to the entire system mm right 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 so scaling by delegating specific exactly. rights uh exactly. for particular type of actions or assets so that you can actually push more decisions to the edges or to your partners i see yeah actually talking about this um makes me want to also discuss some of the other tools that dao's use right because um clearly if everything goes through a subcommittee uh, and you have to sign off for everything it's very inefficient so a lot of the day to day decisions and the consensus actually is done before you even get to that stage right and this is where places like the, your own forums on like your notion on your discord your telegram group uh, these conversations are happening and often like some decisions are made there and then the onching is just a formality right so that uh, whoever is there they will just approve it um and i also noticed that increasingly we are seeing some players who say oh we're building the uh, web3 discord the web3 notion and so on i'd love to hear your views uh, on like how those players are emerging as well and then whether they could play a part in this ecosystem yeah so uh, i think like uh, i'm not like a rigid kind of you know have any rigid kind of thought process anything could could be done in this space because this space is all about experimentation but my view point is basically end of the day how i see this is any core uh, web2 like company which has like a core value proposition there are three parts to it right so for example we can talk about the notion so if you just see notion or slack they are a tool which manages your entire documentation of the entire organization you just don't have any issues with the notion i i don't personally have any issues with using notion right the only issue is that if i am a very highly you know crypto native company i cannot just use notion basically because of the authentication system and of the payment system so there is core value proposition lies in the web2 company then there is payment system then there is authentication system and authentication system and payment system is highly centralized right now right if if you just talk about it so the time when these companies these web2 companies realize like okay like we need to enable one more authentication system which is web3 wallet right the entire game changes because nobody wants to share your sensitive files on ipfs nobody really right so the core value proposition just changes because there is one more authentication method and how about if they, they can enable like the obviously no no safe integration as well so now the question comes when they'll do that and it's a definitely discord, a lot of people try to do it as discord gamers just you know hated it and it, it didn't happen so i would say there is a definitely like some players will emerge will build like web 2 for web 3 but i am not very you know uh, not very uh, encouraged in terms of building like the same amount of infrastructure again and and maybe build like that kind of infrastructure which can plug in easily with them but definitely there could be there could be a case where these web 2 companies will never integrate 
this new authentication system and web3 companies will need like a solution so there are other ways to do that as well but i think the fundamental is like authentication and payment system and if web2 companies will integrate it then there will be lot of competition you can see like you cannot build like the same amount of infrastructure in web2 right it's very difficult mm. so yeah mm. Right. So actually, uh, the part that has the most value is either the ones that are on chain or related to your on chain uh, activity or uh, identity. Right. So in fact, uh, what what I'm hearing from you as well, and which which kind of aligns with my understanding, is that we, there's no need to really rebuild a lot of the web two things, be it like documentation or like uh, chat apps, forums. Uh, but what what we really need is some way to bring. That identity and like authentication, as you said, uh, in a way the consensus maybe even on the multi-signature on what should be on the documentation or like what should who should exactly. be allowed to change that, uh, and and instead of like having those permissions be under an email address and a domain, which is <laughs> back to like the old world, uh, to yeah. then be more tied to your to your Web three rights and your assets, which could be your your signing rights, some sort of NFT or token holdings. Exactly, and Twitter did it right. So there is no uh, Twitter just enabled like the OpenSea integration. If you just see right, so they also did it. Like the Web three integration is not that hard. Uh, you, uh, so there will be certain applications will build this infrastructure. Maybe I see a lot of value. Like there will be some tools like OAuth, right? So OAuth really when it is built. It became like the standard for all the entire internet companies mm. how to build authentication. So maybe there will be tools in Web three will build like this new authentication very seamlessly uh, for these these companies. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's uh, switch gears a little bit to now talk about then the future of these players, the infrastructure uh, pieces, and how they could capture value, right? Because I think that's one of the biggest questions. People have right now, and I presume like during the fundraise and so on, uh, investors are always asking. So how how will you make money, <laughs> right? Because yes. with with many of these tools, firstly things I know to say, it's it's already open source and open for everybody to use. Uh, and then similarly for the things that are built on top, then there are alternatives as well because the underlying is already open. So if you start charging. Then somebody else can just make a free version or try to monetize in a different way. Uh, it's kind of a never-ending uh, race to the bottom. So I think there needs to be some form of uh, creativity in how we think about this, right? And uh, we had some of this discussion uh, in our chat group. So how are what are your current thoughts about business model uh, for the different uh, maybe different layers and different players of uh, DAO infrastructure? Yeah, I think it's a very interesting question, and nobody has like the right answer to it because it's. I just feel like we are just, you know, even we have not even scratched the uh, the system and ecosystem as an industry right now. So I definitely have some thought process. I would love to share that, like how I think about it. So, so one thing is very clear as like you know this new primitive is here to stay, right? Which is this DAO model and this is governance structure. That is something the paradigm shift we all know. Like that is here to stay. So one thing we clearly know is like you know you if you have like a good economics under this system, you can sustain over a longer period of time. That is like the minimum. So how I see this, if there is a you know spectrum or there is a line, there will be multiple tools fitting into that line, and maybe there are some worst case scenarios and there are some best case scenarios. It's not like a zero-one game, right? Either you'll have a business model or you'll not have a business model. So the worst case, let's talk about the worst case scenario in my head is basically, I think if you have a product market fit, if you are building the right tool for the right market, this space uh, you just need to sustain, and you just need to have like a good treasury diversification in terms. Let's say you build like a tool. Let me give an example. Like you build like a tool, and you basically have like a product market fit. And you have like a most used system. For example, we have Gnosis, right? They are just becoming like a DAO. There is no business model of that DAO right now. And still, does it have any value? Yes, it has. Like you know, a lot of people are just businesses like ours are literally building on top of them, and they are innovating a lot in terms of incentivizing these ecosystem partners with the vesting airdrops, right? It's like a new system. Hmm. So I just feel once you have a product market fit. And you want to decentralize the infrastructure and the decentralize the protocol thing. I think you should have like a, enough money 
maybe as a strategic race right uh, to sustain first of all it's a part of sustainability and then over that period i i just feel like you shouldn't be thinking very rigid on like you know the base layer should only get incentives you can literally build like a dao with multiple committees and certain committee will build certain products and services on this base layer and that they can accrue a lot of value to the entire ecosystem right and that can be built so just like in lot of web2 companies we just see like the base system does not charge anything but they have like the most value mm-hmm. because uh, in case of google it is search right i'm not saying like we should go about the ad model the thesis is basically just focus on the right tool with the larger community and then when you exit to the community at least have like a sustainability through vesting to strategic investors and then just figure out like more product and services if if it is making sense or not to to really go from like this starting layer to the end game which is like you know having like the best dao with the best revenue model with the best value accrual system but at least the worst case should be sorted so if you don't have a product which does not have a product market fit i think this is not a discussion right uh, then then it's a big challenge for the startup that is not a dao anymore there is like a different ball game in itself then i see there will be certain tools which will accrue value by default and and uh, th- there there are certain protocols maybe they can maybe you know today they are not uh, you know switching on the fees because of the fork or legal reasons there could be n number of reasons today but once regulation will be sorted on these tokens or or you know right now there are a lot of challenges in terms of regulation we all know right and that's why people are just skeptical uh, like they don't want to come up with a good business model directly they just want to wait so i just feel like once those kind of permits will come you can monetize like a module maybe on top of nosis safe right directly that is like an exact value accrual uh, will happen uh, directly maybe you'll build like a vault which gives you by default insurance on your nosis safe right uh, and you can just charge the user right away right and 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 there's a lot of lot of innovations could happen there then i, I just feel like the other other spectrum is like if you just get it right is all also depends on the economics of that system so end of the day what we all want to achieve is bitcoin does not have any revenue to the bitcoin foundation right but it has like a built in value accrual system in the network because of the usage of that particular currency in that network and we shouldn't be thinking network always about the blockchain like there are certain nodes we can just think that particular analogy in this system as well where you have multiple agents and if you just fill the economics right if you just have the vesting right if you just you know have like a particular system where maybe dao to dao mergers or certain dao is working for certain dao and well accruing the value in a certain form and that money goes to treasury and then treasury is revolving as like a good sustainable mechanism for the entire system right so there are a lot of ways in short you can figure out the sustainability in the long term so it's a it's a game of long term in my head Mm, yeah well long term is uh, undoubtedly the case because uh, as you have mentioned right now it's uh, totally open to anybody's <laughs> imagination and experimentation right i hear a few things uh, from you uh, one is the if it's a direct kind of like financial uh, yes. business model then often the core product itself is probably free and because it's currently free there's no way to start charging for it very easily but i hear some ideas on like we could have a freemium like with the nosis uh insured vaults kind of model uh or presumably with coinshift as well certain like premium features that can be monetized right uh the the other thing we just discussed was around like the ad model which sounds kind of evil because you are trying to yeah. allow other people to influence behavior but in a way actually it uh, it does capture the social value of the of the protocol or the product right like if a lot of people are using it i'm willing to buy the attention of people uh and get a better visibility uh, for my products well i guess if it's more of a socially curated uh, recommendation rather than whoever has the most capital uh can yeah. then like influence other people's behavior then perhaps it's a more acceptable form of advertising is more organic more more user driven and uh, these products that are the infrastructure players that are widely used are in a good position to capture that right like doesn't matter which ones 
that you decide to curate which DAOs you want to curate, which tools you want to curate. Uh, but because it's uh, it's happening with perhaps your token, uh, you can have some of those benefits. And uh, I think you, you also did mention a bit about the DAO to DAO relationship and uh, perhaps like some sort of merges. And I think we start to see a lot of token swaps actually happening. And in fact, I would foresee that this will be a good way to align incentives and also kind of build a revenue or business model in a way, right? Where like, look, I'm being used by so many of these DAOs and I can have my own token that I distribute to my contributors and my builders and my partners. And in a similar way, if I am running a DAO and I want to uh, collectively make a decision that like, hey, look, we are using these uh, infrastructure players, we should actually give them some ownership of uh, our DAO as well. So then you would get like a mutual ownership. And if either one or any one of the DAOs do well, uh, then the tokens have more value, then we actually can all uh, capture that value collectively as uh, as the ecosystem players, right? Uh, And in fact, I think some of it is, it could already start to happen uh, through the existing mechanisms. So one example is currently we see a lot of uh, players who are open source or free, they will ask for donations on Gitcoin uh, grants, right? So that often happens with a fund matching. And then you're, you're talking about stable coins, talking about ETH. Uh, perhaps th- those can be also done in the native tokens where like, hey, look, we can, let's see who is the most useful and let's have this matching. In fact, I think they're, they're trying to build something like that uh, where like, hey, let's have a grant matching system of like who's the most useful and then... Uh, we will give them some of the tokens by a community-decided uh, mechanism, right? And so it becomes more like a public goods funding in a way, but we have shared skin in the game. 100%. I think the last point, like the quadratic funding, I just believe like this should be the way because there there will be certain kind of tools which will maybe not have like a financial angle and they'll, they'll be very, very important for DAOs, right? I don't have any like certain example, but definitely it's a broad space and the tooling will come. So this should exist, right? If certain tool is being used by a lot of DAOs and should create like a culture, as you are saying, they should have like a proper sustainability through public funding. And those funding funds can become in a native token of you know uh, the DAOs as well. And so that their treasury will start accumulating and then the interesting design space of treasury management comes there, right? So that's how they'll sustain over a longer term. So I just feel like definitely it's a it's a very interesting perspective to see this coming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are there any kind of uh, early examples that you like to highlight or some early ideas that you are already trialing out? Not not now, not now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, this is something that will, will invite more people. Yeah. If, if you are innovating or if you are doing something like this, uh, please reach out to us as well. I think we all love to, uh, to understand and perhaps share some of the experiences uh, with, yeah. with the audience. Hmm. I would say like, I think, I just feel, I think Gnosis will be the forefront here and they'll, they'll try a lot of, you know, new thing because I like their way of thought process where they are doing this vested airdrops to align hmm. interest in the long term, right? Nobody has done it that correctly with the ecosystem players other than the users. So I think that maybe they'll set some certain examples where as an industry, we learn like how the DAO tooling should think about it as a value accrual over long term. So mm. that is something we are very interested. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, in terms of timing as well, uh, it is very early. And one thought I have is that currently we are at the point in Web3 where previously we were building a lot of the, the core infrastructure be it from the public blockchains and now we're trying to scale those public blockchains. And then we built like the financial infrastructure. And now we also have like DAO infrastructure. But arguably, uh, a lot of the skeptics will say that, and the cynics will say that, hey, look, there is no real value yet uh, because all this crypto is all in, in the Ponzinomics and it's like a virtual value, right? People are just farming and dumping. And there's, and partly, I guess some part of it is right. Because there is a lack of a real economy that is being built here, that people are coming in to consume some sort of like goods and services and experiences are coming in to pay uh, for some of their needs that address the, the real life pain points. So I would argue that we are at a point where with the emergence of the idea of a metaverse, 
and the idea that you would live in this virtual space and have virtual assets, hold uh, virtual activities, have uh, digital organizations, uh, which are formed in to run some of these activities, uh, provide some of these goods and services. Once we have that, then we actually have like uh, real economy uh, DAOs and like real economy assets that are actually in right. the metaverse. And then uh, it makes sense for that value to start to flow back uh, to the underlying infrastructure. Because for now, like all we have is basically we can issue some tokens to solve the cold start problem, to bootstrap usage. Uh, but eventually it's supposed to lead to that state where there's like real activity going on and then capture that value, right? 100% if you just see like, you know, there are a lot of examples you can see like certain DAOs have started like, you know, quite decentralized on day one. And end of the day is like, if you don't have like a really good business model, you need a vesting on your token to really sustain over time. And token, if their token does not have any value, there is no other way out right now. If you just see the the minimum thing you can do with you with your token is like doing the vesting. And if you just see like there are larger networks, even they're raising funds and why they need it, like they need like a locking on the supply, practically speaking, right? So there is, uh, I kind of definitely, we are at that stage. I, I just feel it in a way where still we are in that stage where we have not figured out the real economics, as you are saying, but we know like this is something going to be very, very big. And, and, and now, uh, now to sustain that, right. To sustain that there are two approaches. The first approach is you build something, prove it is usable, then launch a token and do it. The other way is like launch a token and find like, you know, if the product market fit is not there because you're not going to have any revenue, right? That easily. And uh, why will someone really hold? Then you need like strategic investors. So it's like a equal level game, right? From both sides. End of the day, you're doing vesting. In equity, you are doing vesting. In token, you are also doing vesting. So the question is, when we'll find those use cases when certain value will accrue? And I just feel it is pretty early right now, definitely, because there are two, three major use cases we have defined as an industry, like, you know, uh, like one is definitely Ethereum. I just feel like as a decentralized kind of computer, which has certain value and, and how the, the main economics is running, then Bitcoin is there, but then the underlying games are DeFi, definitely Uniswap is there and then certain primitives, but there are tons of applications which don't have any value right now. And, mm -hmm. and they're more majorly focused uh, on, on certain aspect, but they are just speculated, right. Uh, through the tokens and they're doing yeah. a lot of things. And, and that is the truth as well, but it is the truth for any industry, which has a lot of money and which has a lot of experimentation, right. And, and people made a lot of money in the internet bubble as well. So I will just say, this is a part of the game and the certain 10%, which will really change the behavior of the entire you know, world will, will be there in few years. And in DAOs, I just feel it's like a super set of the entire industry. So you can have maybe without token, you can have a DAO. You can have any community converted into a DAO. You can have any NFT DAO into a DAO, right? You can literally create any group and convert it into a DAO and achieve certain mission. That is kind of a super set. And that is why I just feel there are n number of ways we can go wrong here. Mm -hmm. Right. So there are very few pieces where we need to go right. And there is certain examples should exist where we need to go right. And that is just a part of, uh, that is just a part of the game and it'll take some time, but mm -hmm. I think the people who are here for the long term will, will do this. Absolutely. So all we can do now is to encourage experimentation yes. and exactly. not lose sight of, of that ultimate goal. Right. And, and not, uh, delude ourselves and think that actually token is the final product <laughs> exactly. and to let the token value go. It's exactly. exact, it's part of the tool sets uh, for us to use, to get to that final stage where there's an actual, uh, value creation and an accrual. So absolutely. Um, well, we are coming close to the hour mark, right? So uh, I would like to close unless you have uh, other other parts to talk about. So I'd like to close with a bit of this call to action. I think we, we're already coming to uh, to that actually uh, from, from our final discussion. So like, so what else would you like to see, right? What, what would your, your call to action to the builders of the space and the users of this space? Uh, and of course, talking about Coinship version two as well. 100%. So yeah, I think my ask from the industry is like, 
uh, if you just understand this thesis of layer zero, layer one, and layer two, just uh, try to be more composable with each other, and and that is very very important. Otherwise, we'll create like a similar kind of models in web two. So try to create standards. And and I just don't feel like uh, this is the time we are just competing. We're not even started. Like, what is the competition, right? So each one of us could be very very big if we really do it really good for the user. That is the all ethos about the industry. So lack of standardization is definitely there, and we want to lead that path as well with the V2. But I think uh, I would definitely like new builders should really think through these things uh, while while building anything either build through the primitive level if you are building like the silos kind of use case thing just think about the composability how will you really help users to navigate through other interfaces right so this is first and then yeah i think uh, i would like to see uh, what kind of new daos will come uh, which have some real kind of effect so constitution dao was just you know getting started but obviously they they were not able to do that but it's fine i think new kind of experimentation i just feel like good experimentations should come through these new primitives i just want to see more of that rather than you know web 2 for web 3 it should be new right it should be like people should be more creative with this ethos and and that is something i would like to see and other than that i think uh, for v2 i would just say like today uh, we don't have any dashboard which where we can just go and say like these are my 10 nosis safe accounts across 10 different networks and it could be evm or non evm tomorrow and as an organization there is no home for my treasury there is no transparency between multiple committees there is no access control system very sophisticated right and and uh, the user experience is not that great when bridging between these systems so v2 is all about that v2 is all about transparency between multiple committees and and we we are really here to solve this problem of transparency for daos yeah all right and i presume there's an open beta as well that's coming up that people can participate yeah so we are opening our beta from 17th of this month so feel free so, to reach out on... right because uh, <laughs> by the time the podcast is out yeah yeah 17th of may awesome awesome So builders of uh, DAO infra, do check it out, and then uh, let's build a more composable uh, infrastructure stack for DAOs. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much again, Tarun, for joining us today. It's uh, such an insightful conversation, and we hope to energize more builders out there. Hundred percent. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Thank you, everyone, and see you next.